Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. think they got it that time there is power in the cross this morning and so we thank god for the power because the power comes because of what christ has done for us on calvary like i said we would not be worthy to even be standing here this morning if it wasn't for jesus dying for us this morning amen the scripture was read how he died how he was whipped how he was scorned, how he was just disrespected, humiliated because of the cross of Calvary. Now, you might say, why a cross? Why would God use a cross? Well, in Roman times, the cross was an instrument of torture. This would be equivalent of what we would call today maybe someone being executed through a lethal injection, or someone be executed in the electric chair. This was their form of execution during the Roman Empire. So when you look at the cross from the, from the cultural perspective, the cross represented an emblem of shame and humiliation. The very symbol of shame that God has allowed for the world to see has become an emblem of hope for us today. What the Romans called humiliation and shame, God called it an instrument of hope for us today. The cross of Jesus Christ represents his sacrificial love for us. It is a love like no other. I thank God that he loved us that much. The word of God lets us know, we all know the scripture, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And I love verse 17, where we always forget to read. For God did not send the son into the world to judge the world. Come on now. But that the world might be saved through him. When Jesus Christ came here, he came here on assignment. He came here on a mission. And the word of God lets us know that God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, that we might be made right with God. If you have not accepted Christ as your Savior and Lord, you are not made right with God. But once you receive him, you become the righteousness of God. You are made right with him. The cross of Jesus Christ was an altar of sacrifice. The Bible says, indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified by blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Under the old Jewish law, amen, because, we, because Adam and Eve sinned, they fell short of the glory of God. There always had to be a lamb that was sacrificed for the sins of the people. Jesus Christ was the ultimate sacrifice. That means he died once and for all, and he took care of the situation of sin. He was the perfect lamb. 
So the cross was a place of sacrifice, an altar of sacrifice. The cross of Jesus Christ represented a divine transaction. A divine transaction. It was his life for ours. You see, brothers and sisters, it's you and I that should have been on that cross, dying for the misdeeds, for our sins. The Bible lets us know that we were born into iniquity. You and I, I am a sinner. You are a sinner. And without God, we have no reason to stand before him. What is sin? Sin is the very thing that, that separates us from God. It's the very attitude that we're born in within our hearts. There is a sense of rebelliousness in all of us. And okay, how obedient, how much you smile, how nice you are. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It was a divine transaction. He was a ransom to buy us back from the grips of sin. Jesus Christ was the ransom. Hell, death, and the grave should have swallowed us up. But Jesus took it on because he said, I love you, I love you, and I love you. And he did. If it was just one person, the word of God lets us know that he would do it just for that one person. So the cross of Jesus Christ represented a divine transaction. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but he came to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. That's what he said. In Mark 10, 45, he said, this is the purpose for which I have come. See, what should have been known as tragic Friday or bloody Friday has been deemed and declared good Friday for us. How could something so gruesome? Come on. We, I think sometimes we don't really think of the ramifications of what Christ did for us on this cross. See, he, it wasn't just he was just nailed to the cross. Before he even got to the cross, he was whipped 39 times. On Thursday night, he was whipped. Come on. They plucked his beard out. They put a crown of thorns. See, this is a pretty, this is a pretty crown of thorns. I'm talking about some three-inch stuff that gets in there. Come on. They mocked him. They scorned him. They put a robe on him and said, ah, you're the king. And, 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 and they just mocked him and humiliated him. They beat him all night long. Stuff that you wouldn't even consider to happen today. Stuff that we can't even fathom. The Romans, they were brutal in the way they, they, they tortured and they killed and they killed people. But yet, he had us on his mind, this cross, what should have been a tragic scene, has become something so glorious for us. If it wasn't for Jesus dying on that cross, it would have just been a tragic Friday. But I thank God that he's given us a good Friday. Amen. It might have been bad for Christ, but he said it's good for you. It's good that I do what I'm doing. Amen. See, the cross of Jesus Christ is a sign of accomplishment, if you will. Some of you are college students, amen, and some of you are graduating in a few weeks, and you're going to have that degree. You're going to hang it up on your wall. Like, this is a sign of accomplishment, of all the work that I've done, those sleepless nights, 
Amen. Studying, writing papers. And, and, this is, this, and, this is, and this piece of paper shows what I've done. Well, this cross is our sign of Christ's accomplishment. It's him saying that I did what I came to do and I finished it well. The Bible says in John 19.30 that therefore when Jesus had received the style of wine, he said, it is finished. It is finished. What I came to do is finished. I didn't come to serve. I mean, I didn't come to, to, to seek to be served. I came to serve. I came to, to look for those who are broken, those who need me, those, those who are hungry, those who want to connect back with God. Those are the ones that I've come here to save. And he uttered the last words of the cross. It is finished. Finished. That word finished means to bring to an end, to complete. It means to execute. and also means to discharge a debt. When Christ died for us on the cross of Calvary, he finished the work that he was sent out to do. Christ dying on Calvary, amen, was him as a servant returning back to his master. He's saying, Father, I have finished all that you have sent me out to do. It was a merchant declaring that the debt has been paid in full. You see, we, 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 were, we were born in sin and we were held captive by sin. There was no way for us to be free. But Jesus, by him dying on the cross on Calvary, has set us free. He had paid the ransom for us. And it was the high priest saying and exclaiming, he was the Lamb of God. He was the perfect sacrifice. For us, he was blameless. He lived a sinful life. Sinless. Thank you. Y'all paying attention? A sinless life. Amen. He was the perfect sacrifice for us. He was the ultimate sacrifice. And so today is a day of celebration. Today is a day to renew our faith in Christ. I don't care if you accepted him 25 years ago. On today, it's going to be your first time we'll come down to this cross to accept him. Today is a day to renew our faith, to realize what he has done. Don't take lightly what he's done. Because sometimes, you know, we wear the crosses around our neck and we just think, it's, oh, it's just nice and decorative. And I got this cross, I got the ring, and I got the little set and stuff like that. And we just lose the power of something. We lose the essence of what it really means. This cross represents our hope. There is power in the cross. He died, my Savior, on Friday. But on Sunday, he arose as my Lord. Jesus is victorious. Over hell, death, and the grave. And the great thing about it, the word of God lets us know that if the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead also dwells within you. So that same resurrection power that raised him up, that raised what was dead and made it alive again, it's that same power that is offered to you. And if you're a believer, it's inside of you. That means that God has the power to resurrect dead things in your life. 
That means the things that you have maybe made a mistake, your failures, your, 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 your shortcomings, that resurrection power is there to breathe life. What is the resurrection power? That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That is his spirit. That is the comforter. That is the very, that is the very person who he has left behind for us today. He said, I will, leave you, I will not leave you comfortless. I am sending you the comforter. Christ said, I have to go back to heaven, but here's the help. I'm sending you to live on earth. He sent his Holy Spirit, the resurrection power that helps us to live right, that helps us to do right, that gives us the strength. Because let me tell you something. Living in today's society is not easy. Don't let the collar fool you. I got troubles and struggles just like you do. Amen. Hallelujah. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit. That helps us to get to, to, to make it through. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that gives us the strength to live for Jesus Christ. And we have access to that power today because Jesus Christ has did it for us. He said it is finished. His mission was to seek and save the lost. He looked past your position and saw your condition. He saw our condition. See, there was no way to get back to God. You see, when Adam and Eve fell, they lost their personal touch with God. They lost access to his presence. But when Jesus came, this cross now becomes a bridge of hope for us to connect us back to our Father. You see, your purpose, the very thing that that, that, that God has put within you, you will never know what it is until you accept him. Some of you could be wasting time in the wrong career doing the wrong thing because you don't have any sense of purpose. You say, well, I like to do this. This is what I'm going to do. And, and do, 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 do. Did that, is that what God called you to do? Some of we just wake up every morning and we, and we just say, is there more to life than just this? Surely it's not just to wake up every morning, brush my teeth, comb my hair, sit in front of television. Surely it's not just to go through the same routine over and over and over again and have no sense of satisfaction. There has to be more to life than this. Is this all that it is? That I'm born and then I get older and then I become a teenager and then I become an adult and I live on my own and I got debt and bills and this is just all life has to offer me? I get married, I hook up somebody, my wife drives me crazy. Is this all that life has to be? I have children, they're acting up in school. Is this all that life has to offer me? Is there more to life than this? Is it just the work to say, hey, I got a good job. I'm not being affected by this bad economy. Amen. I'm, I'm just living my life. Is this all that it is just to show that I have a little money in my pocket? Is it possibly a greater purpose? Is there possibly something deeper? Is there a meaning for this life? Absolutely. I love what the scripture says in John 10.10. He said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Who's the thief? Your spiritual enemy, the devil. That's what he is. The devil. The devil is real. Believe me. He's real. We had a few encounters. He's real. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. 
<laughs> he has to submit himself to the Christ in me. Come on now. But he said, I've come to still kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life more abundantly. In other words, I've come to give you a fulfilling life. See, sometimes we, 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 we hear that scripture, we hear stuff like that, we say, oh, life is supposed to be happy. Woo! Yeah, brother. Hallelujah. And we're just supposed to be happy and golly and, woo, I am a Christian. I'm saved now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's not the type of life I'm talking about. Because after I got saved, all hell broke loose in my life. It was no hot apple pie in the sky. I still had trouble. The phone bill was still due. The money still didn't line up. I still had problems. And I still had issues to work through. But the thing that made the difference is that I wasn't in this thing by myself anymore. There was somebody I could hold on to. There's somebody who died for me who said, Arthur, I will never leave you nor forsake you. There's someone who said, I'm going to give you purpose. I'm going to show you how to live a real life. I wasn't in this problem by myself because it was Christ. I had someone to hold on to. The times I would be depressed at home thinking about taking my life. But I was seven years old. I tried to commit suicide. I didn't know anything about God. I was miserable. Didn't know why I was miserable. And I went into the kitchen. I took a serrated knife and I held it right here. And I said, I don't care. I don't want seven years old. Kids in there, seven, seven years old. What I knew. Seven years old. I just thought I didn't want to live anymore. As a child, I didn't know what my purpose was. I had a knife. And I'm about to just stick it in. And I didn't know the voice of God at that time. I heard a voice say, Arthur, don't do it. I'm like, who said my name? And my hands start shaking. And I got scared. And I put the knife down. I didn't know. I didn't hear that voice until seven years later when I was about 14, 15 years old. And I realized it was the voice of God. It was just my conscience. It was just some voice in my head. No, it's God. You hear him right now while he's talking. You hear the Lord talking in your conscience. You know you need to do what you need to do. No, it's, 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 it's the little angel, the little demon. No, 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 no. It's the Holy Spirit. He's talking to you this morning. What do you got to lose? You already lost it all. You might as well just give God a try. He said, I've come that you might have life. Life more abundantly. God turned my life around. He revolutionized me. I told my wife yesterday, I said, if I didn't get saved at the age of 14, 15 years old, I said, what would I be? I said, what, where would I be? You know, I was trying to think, okay, the road I was on, I'm like, I can't even imagine where I would be right now. I'm trying. At 33, I'm trying to imagine, but I don't even know. I've probably been dead. I've probably got AIDS or something. I've probably just been messed up if Christ had didn't come in my life. And I love God because he could take a mess and make it into a message. And you might be in a messy situation this morning, but I'm here to declare the word of the Lord to you. That God can take your mess and make it into a message this morning. 
He can take you from the guttermost, come on, and take you to the uttermost. He can shift your situation around. Why? Because resurrection power is available to you this morning. I don't care what your circumstance looks like. I don't care what you're facing. I don't care if you had an abortion. I don't care if you're pregnant now. I don't care if you dropped out of school. I don't care if you killed somebody. I don't care what it is. You have not sinned so much that this cross can't save you. There's power in the cross today. And God is calling out to you today. This cross was an act of love. It was an act of love. It was God's heart for us. You cannot do without God. Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of trying to make it work? It ain't working. Come on, are you tired, just to, tired of just barely trying to get in? How about get all the way in? Come on, how about a real change? Not, not this one step forward and 20 steps back. And then two steps forward and five steps back. How about excelling? How about succeeding? How about going to another place? You know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Some of which is crazy. Because we say, well, if I do it again this time, maybe this time it's like dice. Maybe if I, woo, I'll get seven. Woo, seven, seven, seven. Oh, two. Woo, 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 snake eyes. Eight. And, and, and we don't get it. Because we're doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. Nothing's going to happen until you do something different. You want change, then you have to change. You want change, you have to change. You have to do something that you've never done before. When I was 15 years old, I remember I always was, always was fascinated with singing. See, I didn't really grow up in the church. Our family come from a Baptist background, amen, went to church a few times. And I remember going to church to be quiet, just to be singing a little something quiet, a little cheers, you know. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. And I always wanted to be on the choir. But I could never make it to the rehearsals and just didn't go. When I got into high school, there was a gospel choir that I heard about. And so that's actually how I met Pastor Edgar. Amen. We met in the gospel choir in high school. I know this man almost 18 years. Amen. Who knew us being in high school would be co-pastoring today? That's the Lord. Amen. God has a plan. We don't always understand the plan, but God has a plan. And so I was on this gospel choir, and I saw them praying. I'm like, okay, what are they doing? And they're speaking in tongues. They're doing this stuff. I don't know about all this stuff. I want to bust out laughing. Like, what are y'all doing? But there was something happening on the inside of me. And something I said, I can't pray like that. They were like, Father God. In the name, they had tears coming out of their face. I'm like, how do y'all do that? Do y'all practice your prayers? Like, how do you do that? I didn't understand about having a relationship with God. So when you love somebody, you don't need to read a book to find out how to love. You just begin to express your love. Come on now. Some of you are dating somebody. Some of you married. You don't need no one to tell you how to love that person. You just do acts of kindness. You just tell them how much you feel, how, how much you love, how you feel about them. And so when I saw them praying, they were just telling God how much they feel about what he did for them on the cross. And so I said, I wanted that. But you know, I was trying to act so hard. 
Like, Arthur, you want to come? You want to come us to church tonight? No, no, I'm busy. No, I'm busy. I got some stuff to do. I didn't have nothing to do. I just wasn't ready for that yet. And then sometimes I'll come down to choir rehearsal early in high school, and they'll be praying like, "Oh God, here they go again." I said, "Let me go. Let me go through the other door, so they won't see me." Hey, hey, Arthur, like, Dad, they got me. Come on in. Come on in. I'm like, all right. Arthur, you want to pray today? No. And I was running. But it was still something knocking on the door in my heart. I wasn't ready yet. I was still cussing. Smoked a cigarette every now and then. Come on. Sexing it up. Doing all that stuff. Come on. But God was... He was knocking at the door. And you know what got me saved? I went through a hardship. Often God, a lot of times, allow you to go through a crisis. That's what gets you. When you get in some trouble, I had made a foolish mistake and did something foolish. What is it, Pastor? None of your business between me and the Lord. I don't even know your business. You don't even know mine. It's under the blood. I don't see that anymore. And so I asked the Lord, I said, so I, I, I was like, oh, my God, I'm in this situation. There was a young lady in my high school. She was on fire for the Lord. Her name was Michelle. And I remember I was walking down the staff, and she's like, oh, what's wrong with you? What's going on? And I'm just like, because she said, I've been seeing you at rehearsal. You know, in, in a few weeks, what's going on? I'm just like, um, I'm just going through some stuff right now. You know, I, can't, I don't have time for that. I don't got time for that right now. You know, she said, but Jesus, like, yeah, I know he loves me. Yeah, okay. I don't got time for that. All right, I got to go. And she said, she said, Arthur, stop. I'm like, what? And she said, do you understand that whatever you're facing, that God can help you through it? I said, no, he can't. He got me through this situation. I, I really messed up. I, I did so. I'm ashamed. You know, I I, I really messed up. I I, I really can't. I, 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 I don't think God want to deal with someone like me. She said, no, God wants to deal with somebody like you because he loves you. I said, in all my mess, I, I don't even love myself because of what I've done. No, but God really, he, he loves you. But I didn't do it his way. God really loves you. And those words sunk inside of me. And she said a prayer for me right there, and I was just like, yeah. And people walking by, I'm like, all right, you can finish the prayer because... We praying in the staircase, and, and, you know, my friends are walking by. I don't want to be embarrassed. So, you know, got one eye open, and you're looking. Mm-hmm, yes, Lord. Mm-hmm. All right, amen, amen. All right, all right. I got to go to class. See you, man. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> Some of you have to pray for y'all right now outside. You be looking like, Pastor, are you done? Oh, my God, Pastor got that robe on. Do I have to stand next to me today? Oh, God. Up there looking like a Catholic priest. What's wrong? Lord have mercy. But those words stuck with me. Even through all the hardness and all the what? I ain't doing it. Leave me alone. Blankety blank, blank, blank. Jesus. All that. God still loved me. He still had Arthur on his mind. And that night when I went home, I'll never forget this. I'll try to hold back my tears because words could not explain what happened. I 
came off the school. I mean, my mother was cooking fried chicken in the kitchen because I smelled it. Thank you, Jesus. And I closed the door. And my sister was in the other room. Mari! Da, 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 da. I said, all right, all right, all right, all right. Go watch TV. All right, all right, all right. And I went to the room. And I remember I got, that, I got a pillow. I got that on my side of my bed. It was probably about maybe 5, 7 o'clock in the evening. And as I prayed, I said, Lord, I don't know if you hear me. I don't know the words to say. I can't talk the way they talk. I don't know about all that stuff. But I'm just going to talk the way I know how to talk. If you are real, if you're real, if what they sang about what you did for me is real, then reveal yourself to me. Show me that you're real, God. It was just a moment of silence, like now. And I can't explain it. Almost as like I felt something just lift off me. I felt light as a feather. I felt whatever, that thing that was concerning me because of the poor decision I made, the guilt that was eating me alive, just began to lift off of me. I didn't understand at the cross, at the cross, when I first saw the light and the birds of my heart rolled I didn't understand I was having a conversion moment. Still cussing. Still acting a fool. Still not doing well in school. But yet I was saved. Still making mistakes. Still tripping up every now and then. But yet I was on the right path. And I'm here to tell you, just because you accept Christ, don't mean you have to be perfect. As a matter of fact, the cross is made for imperfect people. If you're perfect, you don't need to come to the cross today. But if you jacked up and tore up from the floor up like I am, you better run to this cross because the cross is your place of hope. It's the very joy. It's the very peace. It's the, it's the very hope that we have running to the cross. So Christ died for us this morning. So what are we going to do this morning? You said, you said, Pastor, what did Christ do? He died for you. He died for me. He wants us to accept what he's done for us on Calvary. You might say, well, Pastor, how do I embrace the power of the cross? What, what, what does the cross do for me? Well, the cross gives you access to God's personal presence and power. Everybody say, the cross, the cross gives me access to God's personal presence and power. That's, that's all the cross does. Why do you say personal presence? Because God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. But his personal presence is his manifested presence. That means his presence is felt, felt, is tangible. When you were here last Sunday and the presence of God, I mean, he felt the presence of God last Sunday. It was so, it was so strong in this place. That's his personal presence. It's through the power of the cross that we experience his personal presence and his power in our lives. Four things that we're going to close. There are four wonderful facts that we must realize today. Bill Bright was a mighty man of God. He was with the Lord now. And he wrote the four spiritual laws. There are spiritual laws or spiritual facts that each of us, whether we're Christians or we're searching 
we must come to abide by. Number one, God loves you and wants to show you his wonderful plan for your life. He loves you. That's why he did what he did. He loves you. He has a plan for your life. See, we've been driving at the steering wheel of our lives, doing whatever we want to do. But when we allow the Lord to steer us, he takes us to places that we can only dream of. I'll never be thinking that I will be here pastoring a church. I remember I was in the gospel choir, and, and one of my friends at that time, he said, man, you, you got that, that preacher thing on you. But he was a preacher himself. He said, you're going to be a preacher, Arthur. And I wasn't saying at the time. I kind of said, get the blankety-blank-blank blank out of here with blankety-blank-blank blank that. Yes, I was a cussing person, yes, yes. Some of y'all cuss right now, so don't, don't act. If I step on your toe, you might say the wrong thing in church. Don't look at me with them, 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 them eyes. Let someone cut you off on the highway. You about to lift up a birdie. Come on. He seemed like a preacher. I said, no, I ain't no preacher. No, no, no. Get out of here with that. Who knew that I would be doing what I'm doing today? Who knew but God? Who knew? And some of you, you say, well, I never saw myself here. Who knew but God? God knew. God preordained you to be here today. Tell your neighbor real quick. Say, neighbor, you were born for this moment. I don't think they heard you. Try to guess. Say, neighbor, you were born for this moment today. That's right. That's right. That's right. God knew before you were born that you were going to be at the Gathering Church Easter Sunday 2012. You were born for this moment today. Are you going to seize the moment or are you going to let the moment pass you by? It's your choice. But God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life. Second fact, we have been born with sin in our hearts. That's a fact. We are born sinners. We are born sinners. Do we have to stay sinners? No. Well, how does a sinner become a saint, Pastor? A sinner becomes a saint by receiving Christ in his life. God transitions you. He shifts you. Well, how does he shift you? It comes to fact number three. Only Jesus can clean our sinful hearts. Only Jesus. Not some trance, meditation, not Allah. Not Buddha, not Hare Krishna, not Madonna. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, not anybody else. No one. No one. Not Nicki Minaj. I mean, what was that? Well, no, nobody but Jesus could cleanse your sinful heart. There's only one way to the Father, and it's through the Son, Jesus Christ. He is the door. This cross... Cross is your doorway to the Father. This is the only way. The only way to get to heaven is to come at the foot of the cross. Come to Jesus. And so Jesus has cleansed our hearts. Only he can cleanse our hearts. So what do we do? How do I embrace it? Brings us to the fourth spiritual fact. We must receive. Everybody grab your hand in the air and go like this. We must receive. What he's done for us. Not just mere acknowledgement. But we must receive. Have you received 
the Lord Jesus. Had you received this precious gift? This is a gift. This is not what I hope someone helps someone, hope it helps somebody. No, no. This is a gift that's available to all. All nations, all colors, all creeds, all backgrounds. It goes beyond your social status, your cultural perspective. It goes beyond it all. Have you received him? The Bible says it's very clear. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's simple. You will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is a promise for you and I this morning, that we will be saved. See, to the world, the Bible says, the message of the cross is foolishness. The world don't understand why, why, why we celebrate Easter, why we do what we do. They're focused on Easter bunnies hopping around. You know, the, you know, the term Easter comes from a, from a goddess. You know, if, if you notice every time around every Christian holiday, there's always some type of pagan holiday. Have you noticed that? Around, around Halloween, the next day after Halloween is All Saints Day where they celebrate the saints who died. Around Christmas time, what did they celebrate? Santa Claus. Around Easter, we want to hop in bunny rabbits and, 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 and have Easter eggs. To deflect what Christ has done. To deflect the power of God. It's foolishness to the world. But the Bible says, but it's to us who are being saved. It is the power of God. This is the power of God. Because he loves us. So our prayer is like the prayer of the thief. You see, when Christ died on Good Friday... There was a thief on the left. There was another cross on this side and another cross on that side. And the scripture says that one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, if you are Christ, save yourself and us. See, they were thinking about us. I saved yourself, but help us out. We don't want to die today. But the other answering rebuked him. The other guy on the other side said, shut up. Don't you have no respect? This is God. What are you saying? Don't you even fear God, seeing that you are under the same condemnation? Are we indeed justly? Come on. Are we receiving what we've done? We, 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 we are guilty for our thievery, for our crimes. But this guy here, he's innocent. He's innocent. And then the guy said to him, he said to him, he said, remember me. When you come into your kingdom. I don't know about you this morning, but our prayer is that God would remember us at the foot of the cross, that he would remember us. I want you to be blessed by this presentation.
That's our prayer. That Jesus will remember us. What a wonderful picture of the sin that we carry. Dark, black. This is our heart's look. Dark and black. Before we receive Jesus. But the Bible says that he will give us a new heart. Though our sins be as scarlet, he will make us whiter than snow. He will take our stony, black, hard hearts, calloused hearts. And what does he do? He gives us a new heart that's soft, that's pliable, that's sensitive to his voice, sensitive to his leading. Our prayer is that you, Jesus, will remember us. His response is follow me. Follow me. He said, if any man will come after me, let him pick up his cross daily, deny himself, and follow me. Simple song we used to sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back.